say, Lord, you, you, you better take this thing. <laughs> Let's stand tonight, if you will. Uh, Acts chapter 20. I'm going to start at verse 17. Acts 20, 17. As we begin here, this is uh, the Apostle Paul is ending up his third and final uh, missionary journey trip before he, he's, he begins, he gets picked up and sent to Rome in, in chains. But he's, he's kind of making some stops on his way back, going back to Jerusalem, seeing some folks that he's, he's known through the years. And it's kind of a Kind of a heartwarming special time in a way, but then there's a lot of things going on that Paul don't know just exactly what's happening. But uh, he's got here, he, he has stopped at a place called Miletus, which is not too far from Ephesus, where Paul had spent three years with those people at Ephesus, and uh, he knew a lot of those folks well, and they came to meet him. They came to the little town here to meet him, and that's where we pick up is these 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 elders from the, the church that he established there at Ephesus has come out to meet Paul and to greet him. And and in verse 17, we'll pick up right there. It says, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, Serving the Lord with humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray right now, Lord, that you, you bless it. Just Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place to just take over, take control, touch our hearts. Speak to each one of us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will help me be an instrument, Lord, to speak your truth of your word and to bring from it things that you want us to hear here tonight. And most of all, that it will just be an honor to you and a glory to your name to lift you up, that eyes and hearts in this place, we'll just be drawn to you and how good you are. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to work my way through this chapter, uh, the rest of this chapter, and, uh, and look at this as, as Paul has met with these, uh, these people that are, that are near and dear to his heart and, and, and uh, just pick some things that I think that are just uh, that we need to hear, that we need to know, maybe that we even need to apply to our own lives and just to, to remember, especially as, uh, as leaders in a church or the, the responsibilities in ministry of any kind, that there's, you know, there's, there's things here I think that we can see and know and understand that'll, that we need to, to uh, adhere to. Kind of, well, it, we kind of, we'll kind of break this thing down into... Uh, Kind of like where, as Paul, what I read here was kind of looking back in the past at what he had been, and they knew him from then. But also to look at there's some things going on right now in his life, right the present. But also that his heart was a a little bit concerned about the future, and what the future may hold for these people, 
And uh, Paul was like any of us. A lot of times we can we can have a little anxiety about things and people that we love and what you know. It's kind of like you know you know what are they are they going to be okay whenever I'm gone? You ever been there? Will they be okay when I'm gone? Well, <laughs> they probably will be because uh, it's uh, it's the Lord that takes care of us a lot a lot more than we we realize and not so much ourselves. And so, but in this, to me, I can just, I just see Paul as just a man, you know, and a, a church leader and missionary and his heart and, and how much he cared for these people and things that he was concerned about. But let's get into it and, uh, and look and see. As we, as we start here, in, uh, he said there when, uh, in verse 18, it says, and when they were come to him, he said to them, the first thing he says is, you know from the first that the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner that I've been with you at all season, that you and he's telling them, you know what kind, you know what kind of man I've been, and uh, and isn't it, isn't it kind of good whenever you can go back to some place where you've been or spent time and the things that you did and and not be ashamed of it? <laughs> that you know I can you you saw I mean I, I'm not perfect and I might have made some mistakes, but. You know, you know who I was and what I did and my method. You know, for one thing, for one thing, I can guarantee you, you, you know my message. You knew my message and what it was about, and you knew that I was, what I was about was Jesus Christ, folks. Wouldn't it be great if we could just all say that that my life is about Jesus Christ? That's what it's about. Oh, I might be a railroad worker or a, a lumber maker or a work down at the jail or whatever you may do. But whatever, whatever wherever, my, my main thing is, is that I mean, I'm here for Jesus. What he wants, whatever he wants to do with me in my life and, and that people around me, that they know that. They just know that, you know, that that's who I am. And he said, you knew, you knew me, you knew my manner of thing, how, I, how I handle things. And he had some hard stuff come against him in, in Ephesus. Big time, the big right there and the whole, whole town turned out for it, you know, and he, he had to leave. Eventually he had to leave because of it, you know. So he, he's, he's been through a lot of stuff, but he says, you know who I am and how I, how I operated and uh, my message and my method. But what I was doing, he says, you knew what I was doing. And what, but the, the verse 19 says, serving the Lord, serving the Lord. Hey, I'm not serving Paul. I'm not here to be self-serving for me. This wasn't about me. This, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm, I'm on this because of him. He called me, he put me in this, and that's what I'm doing. I'm serving the Lord. That, serving the Lord with all humility. I'm, I, and, and he was saying, you know that. You saw that in me. And that's the reason I'm saying that, man, it's good when you can go back and, and have a, conf, a clear conscience that before these po- folks, I, I, my motive was pure. I, was, I cared about them. That was what it was about, the humility. But just serving the Lord, not I'm not serving men, I'm not trying to please men. He said, Paul mentioned that several times in, in the scriptures, that not being men pleasers. I, that, you know, if, if I was doing that, I wouldn't be putting up with so much of this heartache that I'm going through if I was trying to please men. You know, I'd just cow down to them, but I'm not here for them because I'm serving the Lord. And how many times do y'all realize that Whenever, a lot of times, with just just the fact that we're Christians and we're serving the Lord puts us in a bad spot. 
Did you say, well, I wish I wasn't in this spot. I think I'll just kind of shut up and ease on out of here and just let things go. And yeah, can't we all just get along? Paul wasn't like that. You know, he, just, he, was, he wasn't like that. He was there serving the Lord, but he was in humility. And, uh, and I like this, uh, an humble leader. An humble leader. How many of y'all like an humble leader over one that's a dictator? That says it's my way or the highway, we're going to do it, right? This is, this, you know, I'm the man. Listen to me. I don't care if I am wrong. You listen to me anyhow. Y'all like them kind. Jimmy, you don't like them kind, do you? <laughs> Not a proud dictator. Peter, the Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 5, he, uh, he alluded to this one. And remember, Paul is talking to the elders from the Ephesus church, the leaders of the church. 1 Peter 5, 1, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, this is 1 Peter 5, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Here's what he tells them. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint. Not that, they, you know, that I, I've got to do this. I've got to do it. Ain't nobody around here. Nobody else around here got enough sense. I got to. It's, you know, it ain't what I really want to do, but I'll do it. Lord really don't need you. Just be willing to let him use you wherever it may be with a willing heart, with a willing heart. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, not, not to sit down and figure the bottom line and say, you know, this, this thing might be worth it to me. I believe I will take this church. It's going to be worth it. I can make a little extra money here. Please just keep going on down the road, buddy. We don't need you. Right? If that's your reason, he's saying leaders of the church, elders of the church, it's got to be out of your heart is how you feed the flock of God. How you care about the church. not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, in other words, dictators, but being examples of the flock. To show them how, how, how they should live and to guide them. That's, what, that's, where, that's where a leader should be. And if you're, if you're working in ministry... This goes with you. This ain't just for the Pastor Johnny, okay? It certainly is for leaders of a church, for sure. But if you're ministering and you're doing things and you're serving the Lord, remember that. That same advice goes to you. Same type of advice goes to you. Why are you doing what you're doing? So Paul said, you know, you knew me. You knew what I did, serving the Lord with humility of mind and with many tears uh, and I and he mentions this again before in this chapter. With many tears. Folks, ministry can bring tears. <laughs> ministry. That's, 
out of any church, you should care enough about your pastor to pray for him because whether you know it or not, he's got a tough, he's got a tough job. It's not, it's not a piece of cake. He has to deal with things he'd just rather not have to deal with. And it's sometimes bad enough to even just the thought of having to deal with it just makes you want to pack up and get out. I knew I was going to get one amen there. I knew it was. <laughs> with many tears. I mean, it's, it's just the nature of the, the business, I guess you could say. If, if you're, you're in ministry and you're, you're called to suffer, that's what Peter said over here, the sufferings of Christ, you know? It's, that's just part of it. But praise God, I, even though I may be experiencing some of the sufferings of Christ and of being a Christian, I, he'd also said that I'm going to share in his glory. Amen? That's a, I'm looking forward to that. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that. A lot of people say, well, I'm looking forward, but I ain't ready to get on the bus right now. But I ain't for sure, I ain't about ready to load up. Man. But with tears and temptation, ministry, ministry's not easy. And it befell me by the lying and the weight of the Jews. I had people that didn't like me and tried their best to do what they could to stop me and the, the cause of Christ. And then verse 20, look at verse 20. And how I kept back, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. See, I want you to profit. I ain't in here, to, I ain't in here for Paul's profit. I'm in here, I'm, Paul, he said, Paul said, I'm in here because Christ called me and put me in here to do this job and I'm going to serve him with all my heart. But my concern and my care is for you and your prophet that I'm giving you something that's good, for you, something good for you to live by, to die by, that you can take it and apply it. It's good for you. You need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ from the get-go. You need to know that and then you, know, you need to know how to serve him and live your life. And overcome the things that's going to come against us all to try to trip us up, you know? Our own, this world and our own flesh and Satan himself, these, these things that come against us. He said, I'm, 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 I'm giving you stuff that's for your profit that's going to help you. Because I, I, I want you to know these things because I care about you. You know, when you care about if somebody else is profiting, that means you care about them. And boy, I tell you what, I'm not for sure, though, but the only way to really do that is to, you've got to get self out of it because that self will sure show up if you're not careful. <clears throat> profitable, Paul, that was Paul's, that was his motive and his dire, desire was what was profitable for them. But, have showed, but I have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. I've been there. I've taught, I've taught you God's word. I've taught you what I've been given, and that's what you need. I tell you what, when you talk about caring about somebody else's profit, what better thing can you give them than the gospel of Jesus Christ? Especially to somebody that ain't got it. Somebody don't know nothing about it. He's bankrupt. But if you can get him to Christ, his bank account will immediately fill up real good. Amen? Yes. I believe that with all my heart. Take Christ away. Take this word away. What do we have worth a flip? 
What do we have to offer anybody in this sin-cursed world if it wasn't for this? My goodness. This is, oh, so, so good. Paul knew that. I put out nothing more profitable than faith towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, putting your faith in him and in what he has done. He said, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. But now listen to this. Now we're going, we're going to move on through here, I think, and hopefully I get through. But that, that was, he, basically Paul was talking about what he had done, what we just read, and how he had, you know, things he had done, had taught them, and that sort of thing. Now he's moving into what's going on right now. And now, see what did he say? And now, and he's going to say that again in a little bit. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Wow, have y'all ever been, you kind of knew, you, you, you knew where you had to go and you knew you, where you, the direction you needed to go, but you, were saying, you, you didn't know just what was going to happen. And, and wondering, man, I tell you, that's a, a lot of times in that position, you're wondering if you're even going in the right direction. You wonder, is this right? And I'm thinking, and, 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 and some of the stuff I was studying today about this here, when it said, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit, this particular one I was reading in, which I love really good, I like it. But he said that he believed that, that, that what Paul was saying there was, was in his spirit. He wasn't, saying, he, wasn't, he wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about within his spirit. It was like his spirit was just, he knew he had to go there. He felt that's what he had to do. It says, I, 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 but not knowing. And then uh, he said, the only thing I do know is, is that say that the Holy Ghost. So that's the reason that he, they kind of thought, he's saying that, you know, down in my spirit, <clears throat> I just, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know if it was his love for the Jewish people and to get back in there and because he, he wasn't like there at all. But he, he, he knew he was going back to Jerusalem and, he, and he, there was, to me, you kind of feel the struggle, but he says, all I know is that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and affliction abide me or await me. That's where, it's, now think about that for a minute because I never have. Here he's saying the Holy Spirit is telling and bringing things to him, saying, "If when you go there, this is what awaits you." And and it's like, well, are you telling me? Are you giving me some advance warning so that I won't do it, or is that where I need to go? Does that make sense? And then not only that, the people that bring it and they bring it, and it says the Holy Ghost brings it and tells him, and they say, "Don't go, Paul." Don't go. But he says, in my spirit, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Even to the point, some people, I mean, some people think here that, 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 Paul, that Paul may have just missed it. He may have just missed it. He went on, hey, listen to me. It, I don't care. It don't really matter what you think. Even if Paul missed it, God didn't. Hey, Amen. Yeah, maybe there was maybe God would have done something else. I don't, I have no idea. But it doesn't matter. God got Paul where He wanted Paul, regardless. But you see in this, to me, it's, to me, I look at the humanity of it. That Paul, Paul, Paul probably, I mean, he's he's wrestling with this. That here's the Holy Spirit giving you this warning. You got the people loving you, saying, "Don't go," and I'm, but I'm going, and you know, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, man, you just kind of see the turmoil. I, I just feel it for Paul here and, and being with these people. He says, that they said that they say that the bonds and affliction await me. 
But then he, then, then he says this here. <clears throat> Let me, before I leave there, I do want you to look in, verse, in chapter 21 at verse 4 with this thing. I don't want to leave this. I want you to see it. Uh, chapter 21, verse 4, this is where after he left these people, the next people he met, it said, and finding disciples, you there? You there? Say amen. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, and who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go to Jerusalem. <laughs> How do you deal with that? The Spirit, that, that, that one there, that, that's the Holy Spirit. It's telling Paul, you, don't need, you shouldn't go. I, I tell you, I never have really scratched around into this like that. But it, that it was telling me not to go. Then you get down into uh, verse, 10, uh, verse 10, the same chapter here in verse 10. They go to Philip the Evangelist. And it says, uh, and as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Dagobus. And when he came to us, he took Paul's girl and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem by the man that owneth this girl and shall deliver him in the hands of the Gentiles. Holy Ghost, you know, and it's, man, it, I don't know. It's just that I never. The reason it caught my attention is I, I've always felt like that the the Spirit of God was, you know, it, but was was it with Paul when he said my spirit was bound to go, my in that spirit. But he's hearing this stuff from these people saying that the Holy in the, the Bible's telling me that the Holy Spirit spoke to these people to tell and said, you know, don't go. So. I, 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 as I look at that, I, I just I, I think on my own self sometimes. You know, you think, "Am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to be?" Sometimes you just kind of you just just know this is what I need to do. That sort of thing. And 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 but it, but bottom line is that regardless, we can rest assured God's going to get it done. God's going to get it done. Nah. <clears throat> So then let's move on in, in, in what he said in verse 24. But none of these things move me. I mean, that, that it doesn't affect me. None of these things have moved me. Neither count my life dear to myself. And, and then listen to this. So that I might finish my course with joy. How many of y'all would like to do that? I want to finish my course with joy. Yes. Doesn't Now. Let me read you something. 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. This same man right here, when it comes to the end, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. But now did he finish the course with joy? He's, he's writing that sitting in a dingy cell fixing to have his head cut off. It says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. I believe he finished his course, and I believe the joy was there. I believe it got sweeter the closer it got, that I may finish my course with joy. I, folks, I want to finish well. I don't want to quit. I want to, I want to get every drop out of it that the Lord wanted me to get out of this little old wore-out body of mine. It's to, it's to finish my course with joy. I ain't, I ain't much. Lord knows, God knows that. But he's chosen to use me in some ways that I've allowed him to. And I want him to continue to do it and be it that in his hand, no matter, no matter what. So as I finish my course 
with joy. I believe there's great, I, believe, I don't know of a greater joy to come to the, if the Lord brings your life to an end to where you've got time to think and say, well, I've got a few days or whatever, but I am, I am happy with my life. I'm happy with my life. And I finished this course, I finished this course with joy because I did what the Lord wanted me to do. Are we perfect? No. But I believe we can tell the difference when in our heart we know we have yielded ourselves to the Lord and just let him have us and do what he wanted to with us. He didn't, hey, he didn't, he didn't call one of us in here to be Apostle Paul. He just called Eddie Griffiths to be Eddie Griffiths and to let him just take me and, and, and use me. And I, and I love that. That just that blessed my heart. That blessed my heart <clears throat> to, finish my, to finish my course with joy and the ministry. And to finish up the ministry, and, and I believe Paul, I mean, it looked like Paul would have thought, well, he was about finished up, but he, he got in chains and got on a boat and went to Rome and spent a lot of time doing a lot of things, even in jail, touching a lot of lives out of the jail. So it just kept on, That's what, because that's what, that's what there was. Which, and then listen now, he said that, that I can finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That is the ministry. That was the ministry that I was given. I, I tell you what, I don't. I kind of think that I probably was given that same ministry to just tell people about the grace of God. That's the, that's my ministry. It was given to me. Whoo! I'm glad it was given to me. How about y'all? He said to, to take it and use it and let people know about the gospel. The gospel of the grace of God. Now, verse 25. And now, he says, again, and now, so we looked at the past, and we looked at the present. I've got a battle going here, but I'm setting my heart that I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm getting all kind of stuff happening. That's what's going on right now everywhere I go. <laughs> but, and now, verse 25, behold, I know that ye all whom among whom I have gone preaching, the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. I, I'm not going to see you. I, I, you won't, I won't see you and you won't see me. Wow. You know, we... Not a lot of times we get in a position like that that we know this is it. I won't ever see you again. We all, you know, when we leave here tonight, we all kind of, we all plan, kind of plan on seeing one another again. You know? We may not. But it... That had to, Mike, just to say, Mike, this is it. I won't see you anymore tonight, see it. I won't see you anymore. This, boy, how, to, how that had to grip Paul. And this, and, but man, he still had a lot of ministering to do, and God's still working. He says, you'll see my face no more. Wherefore, wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. I've, I've poured my heart out. I've given you the truth, done everything I know to do. I got that clear conscience. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I've done my very best to try to give you God's word, every bit of it, as best I knew how. I knew, and, 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 and I know Paul had to, had to you know, feel good about that, that he could, he could say that. And he's letting them know, I, I've given you everything. You won't see me anymore, but I've given you everything that you need to know if you will just do what I've said. If you will take it. Now, and then he goes on in verse 28. He says, 
Take heed, take heed therefore unto who? Ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing changed. Take heed to yourself. Eddie, Eddie, take heed to yourself. You want to finish? Yes. Take heed to yourself. He's telling them that. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. So you take, you take heed to yourself first and to the flock. Because I'm telling you what, you don't really need to be trying to, to, to shepherd a flock if you ain't taking heed to your own self. Amen? Y'all sure? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's first here and then taking care of the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. How important? How important is that? How important is that? How, well, let me ask you this. How important is that church of God to Jesus Christ? Well, it's pretty good because he said, which he hath purchased with his own blood. What a, what a calling. What, what, you, you have a responsibility. This is, these people here are the church of the living God. This is the people Christ died for, shed his blood for. He loves this church. You be careful with it. You take heed to yourself. Is everybody asleep? I couldn't hear nothing. Take heed to yourself. This is the church that Jesus purchased him with his own blood. Does that mean anything to you? Do you want to hurt them? I don't. I don't. I want to give them the truth. Sometimes the truth may hurt them. But I want to love God's church. And I want to give them what's profitable to them. And I want to do it out of a heart that I've been taking heed to pay attention to that my heart is right and where it should be. Wow. Mm. That's, this stuff speaking to me deeper than I thought it was. It's really t talking to me. Take heed to yourself. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, he told him the same thing. Young, a young man is what Paul said. Take heed to, unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and those that hear you. Take heed to who you are and what you're preaching. Yeah. <laughs> Take heed to themselves. See, the apostle Paul knew that if if the leaders couldn't keep themselves straight, if their leaders fail in their spiritual, their own spiritual walk, the church was going to suffer. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. If the leaders can't keep their, their spiritual walk where it needs to be, the church suffers. I believe that. I believe that. I tell you what, I thank God for this church. I really do. And I ain't trying to brag on Brother Johnny or myself or anybody the way it was started or none of that. I'm just saying it's the grace of God that has kept Rayford Road together and what it is today, and I thank God for it. You know, I, I, re I really do. But just because of whatever it is today, it doesn't mean it's going to be that 25 years down the road. It's, it has to do with who takes heed to themselves today. Okay. 
And I, I spent a little time in another church here just recently. And man, everybody was older than John Grimm. Everybody. I didn't see any of those. There was none there. None. One thing about it, you don't have to put up with crazy teenagers because ain't none there. <laughs> ain't none there. Isn't that something? You need to take heed. You need to take heed. It's true. God's word's true. Leaders need to. <clears throat> uh, Paul gave this here, and I wrote this down. Paul warned them to shepherd the church. As overseers, they were responsible for, the, for guiding the flock, feeding it, and protecting it from spiritual attack. How precious the church of Christ, how, how precious the church is to Christ because he purchased it with his own blood. Just remember that. And therefore, I think if we will remember that, it will, will, will kind of help us be careful in if we do damage, if we're doing damage to the church, which the church is the people. The church is the people. <sighs> okay, two dangers. Let me, let me go. I, I, I still got plenty of time, plenty of time. Uh, so, he, And I love that about that he gave his blood for it. It's, it's pressure. But verse 29, for I know this, that, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Now, he says, there's people from the outside going to come in that can cause problems. Now, you need to know that. He's telling them, you need to know that. You do. So there's one. There's one danger is outside forces. But then look at the other one. Verse 30. Also, now listen, also of your own selves, Shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples? Where? After them. Paul said, I didn't do that. I wasn't it. It ain't one about me. I wasn't trying to get you to follow me. I'm trying to get you to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? But he says, there's dangers on the outside of people trying to come in and just bring stuff in. But then he looked those men he was talking to, he looked those elders in the eye and said, out of you right here will rise up somebody that'll lead people out that wants them to follow him. You old selfish, big-headed rascal. You care about you. Paul knows our fleshly weaknesses, don't he? He knew it, he had it, he knew it. But can we look at our own selves and have a clear conscience that I'm doing everything I can to take heed and keep that kind of junk away from me? So there's dangers outside. There's dangers sitting right here saying, amen. That's what he's saying. The elder, you're the leader. And you better take heed to you. Because some of y'all will blow it wide open. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It's just good advice. I think it's good advice. Hey, 
Do you know whenever I, anytime I, I preach out of 2 Timothy, especially that chapter I just quoted out of, that Paul, what you're getting there, you, you're getting the words of a dying man that knew he was fixing to die. And I think a lot of times people really get real with him. They begin to put out the real stuff. And you, you can listen. Paul done told these fellows, you ain't going to see me no more. I ain't going to see you and you ain't going to see me. And, he's, he, and he, ain't, he ain't holding back nothing. He's laying out the, the gospel truth to them and what the, the warnings that they need to know. There's people that will come in and try to tear this thing up. And if you ain't careful, one of them will be you. Wow. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So he said, therefore, verse 31, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, he see, Paul was there for three years in Ephesus, I cease not to warn everyone day and night, and here it is again, with tears. <laughs> Golly. Whenever you think about all the tears Paul shed, you wonder how in the world he finished his course with joy. It's all part of it. But you can finish, you can finish with joy. Then you can finish with joy. He said, for three years I've been there. I've, I've, I've preached. I've warned you. That's sort of things. And then, I like this. This next one here says, <clears throat> now and, and now. Now, it's, he said that again. That's four times that he said, and now. Because he, he, he took it step by step. And, 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 and breaking it down. Because you know I'm, I'm leaving and I, I'm wanting to give you this and I'm wanting to give you this and I'm wanting to give you this and now, and now, brethren, I commend you to God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance amongst, uh, amongst all of them which are sanctified. Hallelujah, praise God. I do believe I'm one of them. I do believe I'm one of them. Yes, able to build you up and to give you an inheritance amongst all them which are sanctified. I love, now he said, commend, and I, it was a warm word before I pulled this from, but I like this here. He's talking about, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. And he, and, he, and he equaled, whenever he said, I commend you to God, was prayer. I commend you to God and you pray. That's prayer. And I commend you to the word, which is the preaching and the teaching of the word. And I figure that's probably pretty good because in, in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, whenever they decided they needed some deacons to help care, take care of some of these widows and the problems of the problems that, that ministry can bring, not widows, just problems that can arise in ministry. You need some help. The preacher's about to really pack up. <laughs> but... When they needed deacons, it was what it was. Peter said. But we will give ourselves continually to what? Prayer and the ministry of the word. I'm telling you what, you really need to step up and help your pastor and make sure that your pastor's able to spend a lot of time with the Lord, talking with the Lord, spending time, commending to God and to the word. Amen? And so the, the prayer and word, that's what he needs it. You need it. Man, he don't need to run around from Monday to Saturday trying to handle everything that's broke. And then you want him to show up Sunday morning and preach a good message, man, that he just poured his heart and soul in. He ain't had time. This may be my last sermon. Maybe. Maybe. 
I believe that's true. You want a good church? Then pattern it after what God's word says you need to do with your leaders and yourself. What makes a good church? And I ain't done yet, but I'm almost done. So Tana, ease right on up here. That always makes them feel better. And then he went in verse 33. He said, don't be covetous. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. I, I ain't what it's about. It's not what it's about. <laughs> Woo, man, alive, get me a man like that. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus that said, it's more blessed to give and to receive. It ain't about me receiving. It's about me giving. And that goes for all of us. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's not about me receiving. It's about me giving. That's God's way. And when he had thus spoken, now here's, 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 I close with this one. The final blessing here. You had the past. You had the present. You had the warnings of the future. But boys, here's the blessing. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. There's a good church. Whenever you just all gang up together and pray. Oh, you're going through tough times. You just had a man tell you, you ain't going to see me no more. And tears are flowing. And you wonder what in the world's going on. But you all kneel down together. And you're all praying together. Amen? And they all prayed with and he prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Got to slobbering on one another. It's good though, ain't it? Sorry, sorrowing most of all for the words he spake that he should, they should see his face no more and they accompanied him into the ship. See you, Paul. Paul left knowing he'd give them everything there was to give. They knew, they knew Paul loved him. Paul knew they loved him. But Paul knew they needed to follow God's word and they needed to be wise and they needed to know there was warnings. That final blessing I just wrote down. Number one, praying with each other. Number two, showing affection for one another. I don't care whether you like to hug or not. I'm going to hug you anyhow. They did. It's okay. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. If there's something else, you got a problem well, then go get that problem dealt with. If there's something, reason you can't hug somebody with the right heart because you love them. With a godly love. That's number three, just loving one another. Praying with one another. Just being affectionate with one another. I love to walk in here on Monday night and old Willard dare hug me. It's just good. It's just good. Amen? Oh, yes, it is. Because I know he loves me. I know he's a Yankee, but that's okay. <laughs> he's a good one. And I love Willard, and he knows it. That's where it's supposed to be, right? Boy, and I sure don't want to hurt the ones that Christ paid for with his own blood. Oh man, no. So it's so good. Tonight, God is good. 
His spirit is just so precious. As we close out, I will open up the altar and tunnel. You can go ahead and just play for us.